This is MuggleCast, episode 17 for November 27, 2005. This week's show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. Get your own piece of the internet and save money along the way. For a limited time, GoDaddy.com is offering a new domain name, Transfer or Renewal, for just $1.99 with every new non-domain product you buy. Choose from hosting, website builders, email accounts, and much more. Plus, take an additional 10% off any order simply by entering MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, in your cart at checkout. So visit GoDaddy.com right now and save big. Additionally, this week, sponsoring us is PowWows.com. PowWows.com is your number one source for information all about Native American tribes. Learn all about dancing routines, foods, and much, much more. Grab an A on your Native American report by doing your research through PowWows.com today. Now with our sponsors out of the way, let's get to this week's show. Hey everyone, we're back for another week of MuggleCast. Just keep getting closer and closer. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Eric Skull. And... <laughs> I'm Melissa from Poltercast. The Leaky Cauldron. Woo. The leaky, mu- leaky Mug Cauldron, whatever. Hey, you can now get to us. I don't have to say Leaky Dash Cauldron Dash. Why not? Dash Leaky. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. We have a new name. Wait, why not? Why? You did. This is a MuggleCast exclusive. Why? Yeah. Leaky News. If you go news. to leakynews.com, you will also get to the Leaky <gasps> Cauldron. Yes! So, yes! so, so you're telling, so, so you're telling me if you go to benchain.com, <laughs> benchain.com, everyone. That's B-E-N-S-C-H-O-E-N.com. Okay. Well, before we get to down everything, down and deep down into Harry Potter analyzation and whatnot, let's go to Micah for this week's news. Thanks, Ben. As of last Monday, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire had grossed a stunning $181.4 million in the 21 countries where it has already been released. Warner Brothers has also announced that it became the biggest ever opening weekend for a film in Britain. The fourth Harry Potter movie has proven extremely successful in IMAX theaters. The IMAX experience opened to sell-out crowds and shattered every record for an IMAX Hollywood simultaneous release, beating the previous record by more than 30% with earning an estimated $2.9 million over the three-day period. Sources are predicting that Goblet of Fire will surpass Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which made $614 million outside of North America. The fourth film grossed more than $85 million in 19 countries outside of North America in its first weekend. International Space Station Commander William MacArthur received a special viewing of the fourth movie, While in Space. NASA and Warner Brothers teamed up for the effort to recognize the astronaut that is living on board the space station. Of course, you can check out new pictures, video clips, posters, calendar scans, and interviews, as well as send in your own Goblet of Fire movie reviews. MuggleNet has also just posted their interviews from the red carpet in New York City. For more information, check out MuggleNet's main page. And it's only been a week since its release, but Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is already widely available across file-sharing networks. According to the UK newspaper This Is London, Warner Brothers had the following to say about movie piracy. Every blockbuster will be pirated. That's where the money is. It's very easy to find pirated product, even though we are finding it as hard as we can. The movie industry estimates that piracy results in losses between $2.3 billion and $3.5 billion each year. 
In other news, the New York Times has included Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in their list of 100 notable books for 2005. And finally, the Internet Movie Database has June 1st, 2007 listed as their release date for the Order of the Phoenix movie. But we think this date announcement is a little premature. We'll keep you guys posted. That's all the news for this November 27th, 2005 edition of MuggleCast. Back to you guys. Thanks, Micah. That was just splendid. <laughs> Before we move on any further, I have a new segment that I'm announcing for MuggleCast. Huh? It is Ben's weekly top ten list. This is, this is going to be great, folks. Thanks to Rebecca for sending this list in. You know you're a crazed Cedric Diggory fangirl when number ten... You're still crying. Ha! <laughs> Number nine, oh. you dumped your boyfriend because you felt it was an insult to Cedric's memory to still be with him. Aww. Yeah. Number eight, you bought yourself complimentary Hufflepuff robes and walk around them with if a hood on. you're a little on. scared by this week's top <laughs> Number ten seven, you kiss each picture you have of him in your room goodnight every night before you go to sleep. Number six, you deny ever cheering for Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin teams. Number five, you're crying as you read this. Number four, you started drooling in the theater when he first came on the screen. Number three, you only wear black, and when asked about it, you say, he was so young, and hysterically burst into tears, confusing everyone around you. Number two, once you found a good picture of him on Google, after a sleepless 12-hour search, you printed it out and forced your parents to take you to the Kinko's and made five billboard-sized copies, which now hang in your room. And the number one reason you know you're a Cedric Diggory fangirl when you ask everybody to refer to you as Cho, and they won't. And when they won't, you act very, very insulted. And you are. That was that beautiful or what? Okay, if if you're disappointed with this week's top ten list, have no fear. Send me a – send Ben at staff.mugglenet.com. Send me your own top ten list, and we'll make this just awesome. Don't worry, okay. Rebecca. I liked it. I liked it too, Rebecca. That was really. Cool. I loved it, Rebecca. No, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't the list. It was a person reading it. Oh, so. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on. Okay. Let's get on with the show. Okay. Before we get into I any content, do have an announcement? Are, do, is, is there any announcements, Andrew? Yes, I have one. Well, well yes, there is Ben. Um, Eric, you can wait. Be patient. You know, guys, every once in a while i got to give you a little talk where I sit you down, we, we, we all sit yeah. down, we calm down, and we take a step back into reality. Um, all right. Last week, we – so everyone sit down. Just dim the lights. And last week, you might remember that we made a call out for everyone to fill out our listener survey. And – we got a couple of emails of people saying how, well, gee, <laughs> listener survey, you're asking him what kind of credit cards I use? That's not a listener survey. <laughs> well, you're wrong. It is. Um, the, here, here's, here's what's going on. Because we weren't very clear about it last week. We're using the listener survey to get demographics. And these demographics will help us in getting... An advertiser. So, this is why we've been doing it. And you might say, oh, well, why do you need an advertiser? You went in it for the money, you scumbags, you money, you money. You dirty, rotten scoundrels. 
Well, actually, well, actually, you must know we we are in it for the money, considering it costs sixty thousand dollars a year just to host MuggleCast, and we have to have a way to offset these costs. So the reason that we're asking people to take these demogra- this survey is so we can get demographics to look into an advertiser. This advertiser is going to help us offset our costs of a server. You might be saying, oh, gee, your server, I've seen GoDaddy.com and all that. They only cost 10 bucks a month. Well, we are using a very dedicated, <laughs> high-end media distribution server that can, that can easily distribute our show to everyone. Um, and this server costs, on average, on average, on average... Sixty thousand a year, sixty thousand dollars a year. That is with our current subscriber base. So, and, and that's in addition to the cost of MuggleNet. We all work at McDonald's for forty hours a week trying to save up this money, but then we realized, well, why don't we just get an advertiser? And so we're looking into one right now. Um, we promise there will only be, there will be no more than two ads per show, per show, and they're short. They're like fifteen seconds apiece. So and we will make them as unintrusive as possible. We're gonna be we're gonna be the ones saying them. There's not it, it, so yeah. We I hate when we and, get and emails of people complaining about advertising because we did get a few, especially with this listener survey. It's for it's because we need the money to distribute the show to you guys. Otherwise, but but Andrew, but Andrew, we have to give listeners credit because. They didn't realize what was going no, on. No, they probably don't. Because it may have looked that way. Yeah. So yeah. it's not your guys' fault. We should have explained it better. So we take the burden back on ourselves. <laughs> and next time this happens, we'll make sure to explain it to you guys before we just start throwing ads all over the place. Oh, and then also uh, a lot of you might have noticed that Mike at Tannenbaum, our all-star transcriber, recently made a job posting uh, looking for a new transcriber um, and a lot of people thought he was leaving. No, he's not leaving. He just needs extra help because it is a lot of work and it does take a lot of time. Because we've been releasing what like three shows a week now. Yes. yes. <laughs> because uh, recently yeah. there was there was a live show he had to do a lot of work on. Then there was a regular muggle cast and then a leaky mug. And by the time he gets all that caught up, the next day he has to <laughs> get ready to type the new muggle cast. So the poor guy. Hey, Mike, he's, he's put a lot of work in. Yeah, here's a leaky mug, and he's like, "Don't throw that at me." You guys got to do it like yeah, this. We have a team of elves over at Leaky, over at Pottercast. I know. See, we don't do elves. We do well, we, humans. We like to refer... We, see, yeah, we like to refer to Micah as a human, as a, as a human being, as an individual. Our elves like their status. They enjoy their tea towels. Thank you very much. Because they don't know any better, just like real elves. I, I you know, personally, I don't think... I think everyone at Leaky Cauldron doesn't know any better. Ooh! Okay. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I on that can't note, um, that still has to go in the Moving show. the discussion on. Eric, I believe you had an announcement. Uh, yeah, that's yes, all for me. MuggoCast has a now has a fan listing, and what that is is if you're a fan of MuggoCast, uh, we request, and you don't have to do this. We're just asking um, that you go to our official number one MuggoCast <laughs> fan listing. <laughs> And what that does like, is you like put your name 40. in. And <laughs> Sorry. Our, there's our 45. Official, this is our know. official our official fan listing, all right? And you put put your name in in your country, and then we have a list of like all the countries people listen to us to. And also, we have forums there for discussion on every episode of MuggleCast ever released, including the Leaky Mugs, 
and that's updated weekly, and we have, um, we actually have all our MuggleCasters, our site admins, uh, on those forums. So what's um, the link? Tell me, I want to go. You can, get, you can get a link to the forums <laughs> over at benchain.com. No, the link is... <laughs> okay, stop. The link is, okay, MuggleCastFan.net. That's that's pretty easy to remember. It's just MuggleCastFan.net. How so come I'm getting a white screen? HTTP, colon slash slash www.MuggleCastFan.net. And we will link to that in the show notes if you're getting it. Guys, in all seriousness, screen. I'm getting a white hey, screen. Um, so I'm going to it right now. Yeah, me too. Try, okay, it's try, try it without uh, Try it without the www. Um, uh, okay. That's what I... I tried both. White screen. Hey, Melissa, I'm trying this to... This is a uh, joke. I'm searching Google, I'm searching Google here, and... I'm not finding a Pottercast uh, you know, fan list. You guys, it's not that, that big of a following. No, it's sort of what happens when your when your readers <laughs> have less to do than home have more to do than homework when they come home at the end of the day. Oh, <laughs> oh, that, was, that oh. was not nice. Now, for, okay, for your so, okay, Melissa. Okay. In, in other words, in other words, do not go to Pottercast. <laughs> anyway, do not listen anyway. to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Listen, yeah. Yeah. listen, 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 listen. No, what you're missing is that we've had an active fan conversation in LeakyLounge.com since day one. You guys haven't had that going since. So you guys needed a place well, see, for it. See, they don't care about their fans, so they don't care what country. But you needed a place for it, and now you have it. But we've had that going since uh, since uh, day one. Anyway, http://mogocastfan.net without the www. We'll link to it in the show notes. Too bad it doesn't work, but white screen dot of doom. It'll it'll probably be up by then. without the www. Yeah, I don't have the www. Okay, fine. Then go to mogocast dot with. Sorry, with daylight dot net. Mogocast. No, mogocast dot with hyphen daylight dot net. Sounds like Luki called. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anyway, okay, here, here's, our here's our dash. Here's our dash. Welcome to my world. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mugglecast.with-daylight.net. Okay. That's right. That's it. Okay, so... Uh, and some of you... We tried making, it, we tried making it easier with the domain. Some of you have been wondering, on, on, those particular, on our particular fan listing that Eric mentioned... If we're ever going to take a break from, you know, MuggleCast, and the answer is no. No, no, no. Even if it's just me. If even if it's just me doing MuggleCast, we're still going to yeah, keep on Yeah, even if trying. it's me, as, as I said, I mean, I, I do post on the forums rather recently, and as Ben brought up, um, yeah, we'll, 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 there'll still be some kind of audio recording. No, no. There, or, 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 or we'll make a best of MuggleCast. The reason... We'll make a best the of. reason... <laughs> yeah, we should. That's what we did. The reason people... Are asking us this is because last week I sort of, sort of jokingly said we got to take a break sometime soon. We are going to take a break sometime soon. It's going to be over Christmas or something, I think. Unless you guys really want to do it, then I'll do I it. I don't. But. Yeah. Well, then the topic could be we'll Christmas see how and all the good out. stuff that happens in Christmas. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just play by play year. By year. Mm-hmm. Christmas is still a month away. So yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I think that covers all any announcements that we've had. Pretty much. So, Eric, you've had the chance to look at Electronics Art, Electronic Arts video game, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. What did you think, bud? Well, uh, okay. It took me seven and a half hours to beat. Uh, first of all, I have the PlayStation 2 version of the game, and I bought it because I figured I, you know, pay my debt to EA Games and Harry Potter for doing such a magnificent thing as the... uh, Anyway, okay. Um, The game is... Okay. The the game's okay. The graphics are great. 
Um, but I I have to say it's not it's not the Harry Potter game I wish we'd uh, we as the fans would have. Um, now okay, I think that um, with the games with with the games of the movies, I don't know why when 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 there's a movie game I don't know why it has to scream video game. It, it I don't know why it, it just it just does. This this game screams why. screams video game and and. Isn't it a video game? It is, but that's not. I mean, <laughs> what's bad okay, about? Okay. To be... you, all right, you may not agree with that statement, but it, do you agree with this that the movies are a condensation of the books, and the video games are an elaboration of the movies? Yeah, I completely. Yeah, I, I but, don't know about that but, because I played. I I played the first game. And I wasn't really too impressed with it because you went you went hopping around. I couldn't kill Voldemort. Chasing giant jelly beans. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think I, I personally. I just think they're a game that you sort of you try to follow Harry's adventures, but you're not actually doing them. And it really, to me, doesn't yeah. <laughs> make much sense to try to compare them to the books because it isn't like yeah. you have to go talk to Hermione in the common room or Sirius in the fire because it doesn't work. Yeah, like exactly. That. Well, I like how Ben put that. Yeah. Um. Now, Birdie Bot's beans are always going to be in the video games. They're in this one. I mean, it's just, I don't know how they got there in the first place, but those and, and wizard cards and all, they're all going to be in the games no matter what. But, okay, about the game. Um, this game, basically, there are certain levels where it's actually... The really cool thing about this game is that it's a three-plower game. Uh, if you, if you, you can actually... This game is made for three players. It's really cool, and for PS2 you need the multi-tap to do it, but the game is actually, can incorporate three players, because in all of the, I should say, main or event levels of the game, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are always together. They follow you around in one-player mode, and they help you out and help you cast spells and stuff, so you can ha- actually have two or three players um, as the trio, and choose your character and stuff like that, and, and then do the levels uh, co-op. Insert okay. Google That's here. So did yeah. you? So, <laughs> so it it is actually it is a it well, is a cool did, concept. But did yes. you play it single player? Have you tried it? I did play single player, but Be, because I, I have the PC version, and I found that the AI is horrible. The AI, it's it's fun. They had no um, clue what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's a little. It's not that bad. In P- okay, what happens in the regular levels of the Goblet of Fire video game is. You are. You can choose which of the trio you should be, and it's a mess. It 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 just really is. Um, the in the PS2 version, uh, Square is for Charm and X is for Jinx, and that's all you need to know. Now they they actually have a whole system of like 13 different Jinxes you can do and like five different Charms, but you don't need to hit anything special to do it. You you just need to walk up. It, it all depends. The Jinx you use depends, depends on item. Depends on what you're using it on. Or like, object, yeah. Yeah, object. So, basically, if you, if you want to put it in the cruelest terms that I'll ever offer anybody, you run around and you push square and X a hundred times. Really rapidly. Sounds sounds really exciting. It, yeah, yes. yeah, but, so, in, but in, a, in a nutshell. No, no, but, but... Now, listen. It is, it is, and I'll give it this. It is cool. It is a fun game because the environments that they do create... Now, as I said, it... it Goblet of Fire, I feel, is is a more character-driven movie, and there's less plot. So, the video game people at at EA Games or whoever, um, Wait. you know, all the people who came up with this, hang on, had to hang on, Eric. Yes. 
Did you just say the Goblet of Fire had less plot? No. I'm saying... Well, okay, yeah. Let me clear that. I'm sorry. I didn't say it had less plot. I mean, there, the plot was... I felt that it was secondary. Um, as far as character development what? and stuff was, was brought... For, never mind. Okay, basically the point is, <laughs> they, they have these levels, like Herbology, which isn't at all in the movie, but it's really coolly done, and I think the scenes and stuff and the setting is really... It, it's basically what you, what you could expect from the game, seeing as how they've progressed. But... Yeah, what but I what I liked, I can can I make an observation? Absolutely, Kevin. Please. What's the rating of the game? Um, I've seen it as e ten up. I think it is. I think I've seen it as seven. The the reason why the game is so easy with the two buttons is because it's for seven year olds. It's designed for kids. It's designed it's for kids. So but, you know, so yeah. you have to. I mean, you have to take into account that it's not going to be the best game for someone who's 16, 17 years old to be playing because it wasn't truly meant for them. It was meant for anyone probably between 7 and 13 to play. I really don't think that's the point. I think Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets games were better than this one, and I truly feel that way. If you recall, um, the Chamber of Secrets video game, I had it for either PlayStation 2 or the computer I actually had it for both, but I'm not sure which one I played more. Anyway, that was more of a free-roaming game. You were at Hogwarts in the common room, and you could walk around, you could collect beans or cards or whatever that were hidden behind statues throughout Hogwarts, or you could go outside, you could go outside on the Hogwarts grounds, which you can't do in this game, um, and granted, it took literally 60 seconds to load, you know, between inside and outside, I counted, it was terrible, but... You could walk around, you could get on your broom, you, you could fly, you could go to Hagrid's, you could do all this stuff, and there was a to-do list in the Gryffindor common room of, you know, what you could do that day, and it was like a day-by-day type thing. And I really like that about the games, and I think it's more of a, kind of what they did with Spider-Man 2, the movie game, uh, more of a free-roaming, more of a, than, than anything, and I, I, I really would like to see that in a Harry Potter game, but... Cool, cool, cool. In a nutshell... <laughs> <laughs> um, in a nutshell, on a scale from 1 to 10, uh, so I need to know, on a scale from 1 to 10, what would you rate this game? 7, you know why? Because, two reasons, there is a game, there is a game, uh, sorry, there is a level when you're on a broom, which is the first task, uh, the second task is not that great in the game, and the second reason is Voldemort. The final duel with Voldemort, they actually have, Ray Fiennes is, I think, the only one who voices the character, uh, from, the, in the game, from the movie, and... The last, the last level is really cool. Since we don't have a main topic of discussion this week, we're just going to basically give a rundown of the news and see what we think about it and all that, all that jazz. Well, Goblet of Fire is still hot, right, guys? It's yeah. expected to surpass Sorcerer's Stone in box office sales. Woohoo! Go Goblet of Fire! Why do you think that is? Is anybody really surprised by that? So, so, huh? Sorcerer's Stone sales? I don't think so. Why? Why is that such a big deal? It's a bigger I mean, opening weekend than Sorcerer's Stone. Why does that matter? I'm I'm interesting if it beats POA. POA is its lowest grossing yet. Better be POA. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't. P, it didn't beat POA the first day, which pissed me it off. It beat Sorcerer's Stone the first weekend. No cursing. Yeah, but it was first. It was two two million behind Prisoner of Azkaban opening day take, which really ticked me off because this is so much better movie. Okay. I mean, I don't Maybe think people got lower. Why would less people see it on opening day? Because they were expecting a good movie in Prisoner of Azkaban, and then they didn't get one, so they decided to be weary and not get Yeah, is that what day. it was? Yeah. Lower expectations? That's what I thought. 
That's what I... Well, then... Okay. You guys, last episode, when I listened to it again, I was about ready to start chucking things at my computer screen or at my iPod because when you, every time you guys said, I hated Prisoner of Azkaban, then Mike would say, yeah, me too, I hated POA. <laughs> then Kevin, I hated POA. I Andrew, loved yeah, POA. Yeah, I hated POA. And then loved I loved that movie. I don't know what you guys' problem <laughs> is because I remember after, right after the movie came out, the general consensus was, this movie was awesome, this movie was great, and then... A few months down the road, all of a sudden, these people start hating it. Does anyone know why that yeah, is? Yeah, because we all I, saw it a no, second time. No, because popular opinion turned, and everybody yeah. turns into lemon no. when that happened. And <laughs> no. no. I did not like it from the why? beginning. I, I really understand did. this. It's because I, I it, think, why? I, tell I me why you do not. Be, tell me why you did not like Prisoner of Azkaban. He, Give me a. He was good too. Reason. He was too focused on the cinema. He was. He made an artistic movie, like a movie that people would like who haven't read Harry Potter before. But oh, completely so that, that, slaughtered. That, why, why is that, that a bad thing? thing? Why is that a bad thing? Because we're Harry Potter fans. Yeah, and and also it's not just for the people who haven't read the books; it's for the people who don't want to be interested in the books or any form of characterization at all. What Goblet of Fire did to me, Ben, I saw it the third time today. I, I saw Goblet of Fire the third time today when I woke up. First thing I did, I went and, go saw it, went and saw it. So what it did for me is it gives me a warm feeling of happiness about characterization. And that's what it did. <laughs> the Hagrid scene with Maxime and, you know, the whole story about him putting his father on the dresser that was in there. It was such a warm feeling of happiness. Yeah, but that wasn't true in the book. And, and, and pr- Prisoner of Azkaban, it was what do not, you mean? Maxime it's in the book, was right not Hag- so interested in Hagrid in book four as she was in this movie. So if you're talking about no, it being the true story, to the book... Oh, the story no. about his dad has nothing the to do very, with characterization. No. I mean, it does, but not not the Hagrid and Maxine relationship. That's just the story about it's, his dad. No, is I didn't. Eric, I, Eric, saying, I don't to, care Eric, about their relationship. Listen, to you, Eric, just listen, for, listen to me for a second. You start saying how you believe that Goblet of Fire was so true to the book, which is completely ludicrous. Because how could it be true to the book when it's ten minutes longer than Prisoner of Azkaban? And Goblet of Fire takes the most freedom. That just shows how much Alfonso slacked off. But anyway. Oh, that, that is a lie. <laughs> I, I mean, am going, no. Lie. You know what, Ben? I'm going to stop dissing Alfonso. Because I, you know what? I, I am going to stop No, he, he did an excellent job director. just at his movie. No, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I really am. But all I know okay. is all I know is it did give me a, a warm... Watching Goblet of Fire gave me a warm feeling for whatever reason. Now, I don't care about Madame Maxime and Haggard relationship. That was an example. But it gave me a warm feeling, and I, it made me feel all fuzzy. And, and uh, book, three, uh, mo- book three made me feel fuzzy, and movie three did not. Okay, here, here's what I think's happening. Call it, I call it the After, fuzz effect. Just, just, just hold on okay. a sec. Listen here. Everyone saw the first movie. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I like this movie. Then the second movie comes out. Oh, the first movie wasn't too good. This one's much better. The third movie comes out. Not at all. Oh, this movie rocked. Oh, the first two, those were terrible films and all this. And what's really, really ticking me off is when I hear people say, oh, the first two movies, movies were just terrible. The third movie was no, terrible. No, see, that, that's and crap, too. I don't that's, think people are being no, honest. No, I think not they're at just all. lying Columbus. to themselves. I mean, no, seriously, because they're not think, bad yeah, movies. I, guys, I agree with Ben when he, you know, when he points out the hypocrisy of it all. Because, yeah, people... We'll, we'll go back on their word, and people will say things for whatever reasons. It's not bad, it's not evil, it's just, you know, it's not good either. So, I agree with that aspect of what Ben said, but um, I did like the first two movies better than POA, and, that, you know, that's just reality, and I think Goblet of Fire is the best of all. And I mean, some of these people are flip-flopping worse I, I than Gary, because one minute they're saying... <laughs> ben! I, I, ben, I, you're I, my new best I love friend. this movie. The next minute they're saying, all oh, this John movie Ke- was terrible. Wow. Okay, no politics, but Ben, I... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna shake your hand next time I see you. I'm, 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 Everybody, I'm just that was just no. Like you have to edit that out. How, how people played it up. No, that's just how people played it up in the media, and it was okay. do not take that as politically insulting, John Kerry. It was just my 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 weak humor. Christopher Columbus did an excellent job in the first two films, and then everybody started I, complaining that he was too slavish to the material. And I think to a certain extent that was true. He didn't take a lot. He didn't. It's not that you have to take liber- liberties to make a good film. You have to take the kind of liberties that make it from a book to a film. They're different medium, and you have to just accept that. So to, in order to make a good book and a good film, you're going to have to do different things. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron was the first one to try to start doing that, and everybody flipped out. He started changing things to make it a better film because that was his job, and everybody lost their minds. Goblet of Fire does that ten times more than he did, so I just don't get it. I don't get why, how you can call Alfonso Cuaron out on that and not say anything about Mike Newell. I think, I think it's part of a few things. One, we're probably already used to the shock, and that's just something I'm going to say. Um, maybe, I'm guessing, but also, I think when Alfonso uh, made the changes and changed it into a better film or whatever his job was, uh, he replaced the stuff he took out with art as opposed to character development and happiness. And And happiness. And happiness, which is what Newell did. You know, when Newell makes changes, he replaced it with a good scene of... You know, Moody and his ferret on his lap tapping to the music, you know, and and not the bird. And that's the, characterization the how? Because that's the underlying... I mean, I mean characterization as th- that brings us back to what's in the book. Okay, well... That's not in the book. It's Yes, well, what it is is the undertone of Barty Crouch Jr. Here you have an evil, evil, you know, Voldemort follower who is actually a decent guy. And he actually guides Harry... Pretty darn well, and, and Brendan Gleeson is an oh, incredible geez. imposter, Moody, and I think it completely does. It, <laughs> wait, wait it, it gives tribute. To, uh, what I'm saying is that Barty Crouch Jr. is a good guy, and that's Eric. Eric, it's what? exactly what you're saying. You just said that Barty Crouch Jr. was a good guy. He is. <laughs> that's the point. I can't the even have this conversation. No, but no, the whole point of the series. No, listen. Pe- no, okay, Melissa, li- Melissa. People are bad, right? I'm listening. But, I'm but listening. Are, are people completely bad? And that, that's the point. He is. Yeah. Yes. He, he is. Yeah. He, he's malicious, no. right? But he, no, look no. at his look at his parenthood. His father. Look at look at how his father treated him. Look at that. Are we going all Draco on him and going to stop blaming him for I his know, own actions? I know, and blame it on his father. No, in no, the end, no, everyone no. has a choice. That's right, but he Look, that he, seemed... he made the choice to join Voldemort, and that's what? what makes him evil. That's it. Yes, but he was a good Moody. He was an enjoyable Moody. He had fun okay. as Moody. Well, yeah. let's look. Let's no. Yeah, well, let's but look what back did at that he scene. do? He was manipulative. That scene. What? What that scene he... in which he has that ferret is supposed to be an unguarded moment. He's supposed to be drunk. He's having a good time. Do you think un- unguarded means he's more like Barty Crouch than he is like? Right. Uh, yeah. Moody, uh-huh. why is he? Why is he not acting more like Barty Crouch? He's acting more like a fun-loving Moody instead of Barty Crouch. Because he's enjoying it. He's enjoying the freedom, and he actually does. I think all bad people, or a lot of bad people, do like happiness, and they aren't all bitter. You know, bitter. Except they get happiness morons. by causing other people <laughs> okay. pain. Okay, <laughs> I, th- I think you're. G- I'm I th- done with this I think he gives the bad <laughs> people way too much credit. And in reality, you must know that. It's all a matter of opinion, and I can like a certain movie. There are no facts in this game here that we're playing. That's very fair, Ben. No worries. Ben, I like that. Okay, so 
if if don't listen to Eric if you if you want Prisoner Azkaban to be your favorite movie of all time, it's fine. Don't don't let Eric Skull get you down. Okay. <laughs> well, since that since that cut pretty much we sort of branched off there from our mini topic about Goblet of Fire surpassing Sorcerer's Stone in sales and went to a debate about which movie is best. <laughs> but anyways, I think it'd be prudent now to move on to the voicemails. Hi guys, this is David from Melbourne, Australia. Great work on the show, by the way. My question is, do you think Lord Voldemort is able to produce Patronus? Love, laughter and happiness are all said to come from the soul, and these things are used to conjure the Patronus. Since Voldemort is unable to love, and his soul is severed and damaged, do you think he'd have the necessary emotions to conjure the Patronus? I don't think he would. Let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Melissa, what do you think? No. I mean, Voldemort pretty much, it's been drilled into our heads that he has no ability to love. And um, if he's going to produce a Patronus, if he needs to produce a Patronus, he will figure out some other way to produce a Patronus. Yeah, or get that's rid of not um, from also, love. Also, the question is, does he have to? Because the Dementors are on his side anyway, so why exactly. would he need to produce a Patronus? He, it's true. There's no, he has no need to produce one, so... It However, out of However, he does have memories like that that would, should the Dementors turn on him, he has some pretty dark stuff that would drive him probably to insanity if he was forced to relive them. Probably. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think if he was able to produce a Patronus, what form do you think it would become? A serpent? Himself. A serpent. Didn't we ask her this in the interview? <laughs> yeah, teasing. And she said she couldn't answer? Oh, you did, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, the only thing I want to point out here is the difference between love and happiness. Um, it doesn't take love to produce a Patronus. It takes happy thoughts. To produce a Patronus, so happy thoughts could also probably potentially be evil ones, don't you think? Like him killing oh, yeah. Lily Potter. I mean, you know, you know, stuff like killing that. Killing anyone, yeah. Killing anyone would be a happy thought. So, theoretically, I mean, it doesn't take love to p- produce a Patronus. So well, that is a good point. Yeah. Yep. So I think that covers that. Roll voicemail number two. Hello, everyone. My name is James from Oakland, California. And I've had two questions for you. First, do you think that Snape's old potions book will play a part in book seven? And second, how would you like to see George Lucas direct one of the movies? Thanks. I just want to start with the second part. If you wanted to see the movie edited about three times and released in about three or four different versions, <laughs> George Lucas would be perfect, okay? Well, no, <laughs> Order of the Phoenix, special edition. Exactly. You'd have to admit that it yes. would get all the uh, Star Wars fans to go see it. You know what? Yeah, I want That's prequels. That's true. I, I want prequels, too. I, I do Phoenix. not But then want you're going to end up with not. this horrible dialogue, like Harry and Ginny circling the lake, and he touches but her arm, and, his, and, and, and it's, oh, it's, true. it's so nice but here. That's why... Melissa, that's why George Lucas wouldn't be writing the film he directs. Yeah. That's why stories are very, very dangerous. Uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous okay. proposition, guys. No, just don't give the, give the man a camera. We're going to end up with pen, Jar Jar number two because we we've already got Dobby. Oh, yeah. We have... Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. But what about the first part of the question about okay. Snape's old potion book playing a role in book seven? Personally, I don't know because it was left in... You know, it was left in the room requirement, I believe. And the issue here is that... There are so many loose ends that Joe has to tie up in this book that I don't know if there'll be room for that. I don't know if there'll be room for the Mirror of Eris. I don't know if there'll be room for everything because if you go through every magical object there's been throughout the, all, the entire series, you don't know if it's actually going to 
play a yeah, major but... role. Like what I could see happening is Harry getting out of the room requirement and using it for potions again. <laughs> I mean, I could just I see that know. room being. I think the the getting that book to that room was significant because of all the stuff that's in that yep. room, and getting back there yeah, and um... being in that room is important. She did, and mention... I think that he's going to use it. Yeah. Because we don't even, yeah, we don't even know if Hogwarts is going to be open for business. <laughs> so who knows? Well, J.K.R. J.K.R. described exactly where it was, like the exact cabinet in the exact aisle and the exact row. So even if it doesn't show up in the books, we know where to find it for our fan fiction writers. Well, don't we just all feel better? Oh yeah, <laughs> but I think the point is is that she did draw a lot of attention to it, and then not much came of it, and. Mm. You know, I think it does have potential to play a part, and I think, if anything, it would be the fact that Harry believes Snape is now bad, and what better way to learn your enemy than read out of his own? Well, notes. here's a here, here's a man who created Sectum Sempra, so yep, yeah, that was a that was a terrible spell. For it did the Draco. And I hated terrible. Draco, and I still felt sorry for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, guys, get it terrible. Terrible. Okay. Yeah, terrible. oh, you, <laughs> good joke. Funny. So, right. uh... <laughs> I, like the th- uh yeah. I like the I like the third voicemail. Okay, next voicemail. Hey, I'm Cecile from France. Do you guys think students in Hogwarts wash? I mean, we have this scene in the perfect bathroom in Book 4 and in Half-Blood Prince... Harry's looking for Malfoy on the Marauder's map and says he's not in the bathroom, but apart from those two hints, we've never heard of them actually washing. It's a bit weird. Thanks for the show and congrats for the live podcast in New York City that was completely awesome. I wish I could have been there, but yeah, there is a notion to cross. Don't change anything, you rock. Sorry for my accent, bye-bye. Well, what I think is that <laughs> J.K. Rowling sort of has so much to write into the books already that she's not going to go into a detailed shower scene <laughs> about, oh... Harry was in the shower and he was washing his chest, which Eric was staring Cascading. at his abs and all that stuff. And although I'm sure people oh, would love bad. that. Cascading. <laughs> use use the the adjective cascading. I'm sure they take a bath and you know, if there's use of magic, would they really have to? Couldn't they just zap themselves clean? No. They take baths. They do, but Harry Harry clearly knows how to do it in book four when he goes to the prefect's bathroom. He's not like what are these? Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, but she does comment on how dirty he is in the beginning of book six, and it's really nasty, actually. <laughs> Harry's this gross 16-year-old kid. His owl droppings all over the room, his dirty socks, and a misty fug, which is a dirty thing. Uh, yeah, Ooh. I remember I remember there was a news article that was released a while back. Emerson posted about it and basically slammed it down. It was this person that said, "Take." it was like the title of the article was, Take a shower, Harry, and it was all about how, throughout all the books, <laughs> Harry has not has yet to take a bath and all this stuff. And you know what? Fine, that's the same thing with movies. You're not going to find movie. You know, it's the same thing with movies. You're not going to see the character go to the bathroom unless there's like a fight scene in the bathroom and like the, you know, somebody or a moaning murder yeah, scene. It's, in it's the just kind of just kind of obvious that you you like you don't ever see Harry go use the bathroom either. You know, but what does he do? Exists. Does he hold it for six years? You know, it's <laughs> it's a well, Hermione also talks about Morning Myrtle and how it's hard to have a yes. pee when she's wailing. Yeah. Like, Melissa's you know? brilliant. That, so clearly they do. That's what I wanted to mention, is that it's mentioned enough. Is that Melissa's brilliant? Excellent. Yes, Thank you. That, and, and that it's it's in the background, like exactly <laughs> at the death day party, like Melissa said. Hermione says it's hard to have a pee, you know, when, uh, when Morning Myrtle's wailing Melissa. at you. 
<laughs> Sorry, she wells too. Um, but anyway, when Myrtle's welling at you, anyway, no, it's snore. in the background, and I there's very little mention of it, but it's it's enough to it's just implied. People, you know, they go to the bathroom. Do you really want to read about it? Not read fan mention. fiction. Read fan fiction if you want to want to read about bodily functions and the uh, not. Yeah, Harry and Potter not characters. to mention, no, don't. <laughs> go to go to any book, go to Lord of the Rings, go to you know. Does Legolas squat do in see? the woods? I mean, you exactly. Know? It, they they are not. She's not going to. Uh, going to Eric. I, Eric, I can see that on one of your. Road. I can see that on one of your avatars already. Does Legolas squat yeah. in the woods? <laughs> 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 not in the fuzz effect. Oh, jeez. Okay. I an avatar as well. I think it pretty much sums up that question. But we that answered. was a nice accent. Yeah. That was a nice accent. I we answered that. it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. It was Clemens Posey. Hi, this is Allison from New Jersey, and I listen to MuggleCast every week. I love the show, and you guys are awesome. Keep it up. Anyway, I have a question that kind of relates to all of the movies, but most recently for Goblet of Fire. Do you use the movie's portrayal of magical creatures and scenes as how you would envision it when you read the books? Or do you still picture things like you did originally before the movies came out? I'd love to know your thoughts. Thanks. Well, I haven't read them I again since i seen the movie. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I would because I, that's when I read them again now, the books compared to the movies, I always see the actors and just yeah, the, the that, school. Oh, see, see, it plagues see, your I mind. Don't. It's really right. bad, actually. Well, since See, Harry Potter, since the, the first movie got me into the books, I, that's how I've that's what I've known Ron, Hermione, and Harry well, as. Then they, aren't, they aren't necessarily talking about that. I think she also means that once the movie comes out, does that help you fill in gaps that you've had before? That's a good point, too. I don't know. I've looked at Ma- Mary uh, Grand Prix, her illustrations in the books, and yeah. I've really thought, well, they're brilliant, but Snape doesn't look anything like Alan Rickman. You know, yeah, I remember the I, the drawing over the Alan Phoenix Rickman. for the for the Occlumency chapter. On the the picture was this picture of of Snape with a goatee and he has a bald on top, and that's well, not it's, how it's more, I envisioned him. Yeah, it's it's more of a literal literal interpretation with Mary Grandpre, and I think Mary Grandpre has skewed my thoughts as well. But um, viewing it as once the movie comes out, does it help you fill in spaces? Um, I imagine the actors when I think of the trio, but not when I think of. Dumbledore and some other characters. Like, my Dumbledore is probably a cross between uh, Richard Harris, Michael Gammon, and then, like, some third party that is the cover of Half-Blood Prince. I mean, you know, it's some kind of in-between character, and that that happens. But usually the the trio is kind of like the movie, and the scenes, I, I guess for the whole world, I have to say primarily it is the movies because I came in after the movies came right. out. Right, and w- what I feel, actually, what I see happening when I read the books, is that I need to put a real-life face to it. I can't imagine a, ca- a cartoon-drawn Harry, you know? I have to actually, when I'm imagining, yeah. I have to imagine them actually flying on brooms, real people, yeah. David Sulis. Yeah. These, these are still my imaginary characters when I read those books. Yeah, I'm always me. sort of amazed that it turns off the same movies. They me. just they turn off. She's so vivid and, and wonderful that it's... it's and it's not, it's, not like I, it's not like I could sit down and draw... My Harry, it's not a distinct Harry, I agree but with I that. know him in my brain. Melissa, I know him. I'm along with you. Yeah, my come to think of it, my trio are kind of like the actors, but not entirely. Well, the only reason my trio are like the actors is because I like to imagine Emma Watson all every time I read the book. Well, I actually, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My my Hermione is probably most different from Emma, I think, than at least in previous books. But I liked her in this movie. Well, so. I think Emma's probably. <laughs> Too good looking to be Hermione. Yeah, that's true. Sort of thinks that. I mean, 
No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with Hermione's you. Not supposed I, I to be Hermione that has, has big teeth and bushy hair, and it's a surprise when she looks so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Emma's but I thought, I th- um, I still, Emma just I st- is that beautiful. I still thought Emma was did portray Hermione well. In oh, I, I do agree. I think she does an excellent I job. Agree. Yeah, but, but just like pretty, phys- yeah. just physical features, I don't know if she really fits the mold of Hermione. And, and the, Blame it on Hollywood. In the very in the very first in the very first movie, I thought she did the best because she, then she had the really bushy. They hair started making her look good on yeah. purpose. It started getting less you know. bushy. Like the second movie was sort yeah. of curly, curly when it came down. Yeah, well that's that's Hollywood. Because like you, image, you have to yeah. track people to the movie somehow, you know, Emma. Yeah, and it's it, upsetting because the franchise became popular on these concepts without without bowing to those to those um yeah. to those ideological whatever and then Hollywood can't trust that. I, I think that's a brilliant analy- analysis, Melissa. I think Eric's falling in love with you. I smell a new ship coming yeah, on. Yeah, I think Merrick, so. Merrick, I, Merrick. Yeah. Ooh. Sail, sail to HMS. Man, I, I'm she, waiting no, for the she, day she that a knows. ship happens with the Muggle Nightmare. Melissa, Melissa, you want to come over to my house? <laughs> hey, next, next, next April 23rd, Melissa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Next voicemail. This is Donald from Ontario, Canada. And I was wondering what you think of the fact that Harry didn't give Fred and George his winnings from the Triwizard Tournament at the end of the movie. Thank you. In the actual movie, they never said that they actually they won money. You know, Dumbledore. The only prize he said was eternal glory. Is what's at risk. You know, he never actually said and a thousand galleons because that never you know, that, that never really came yeah. into play. So we don't even know it's if it's a really good point. Ben. Yeah. Um, it, it goes along for me. It goes along with the whole Fred and George joke shop in the future. Will that ever make it into the movies? You know, will even the Fred and George exit scene make any sense in Order of the Phoenix? The Fred and George exit scene will make it into the movie. I it, guarantee. It will, but where will they go? You know, will they say we have our joke shop waiting for us? You know, will they? What they'll have to do if they want to get any of the subplot going with Fred and George in the joke shop, they're going to have to show the extendable ears, um, because that's pretty much the only thing they can show. Well, they have all movie five to start that, in, and right, then but movie five is, to me is just looking like it's going to be a disaster because there's so much to put in. You have all these tiny subplots that are going yeah. there up, that are probably I, in I, I but they still cut stuff. But so so we all said about movie four. Yeah, that's disaster. exactly exactly. I mean, they they yeah. cut yeah, yeah, but they cut stuff, but they can put in subtle ways of introducing these things. They don't have yeah. to show you the construction of their, you know their joke shop or anything they can just mention hey we started a joke shop with the winnings harry gave us yes. they, they or just not even with the winnings they started a yeah, joke shop exactly. why explain it it's a movie you just say it and you exactly. go people go with it yeah i see yeah, and so. it's just it's 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 i think it was a smart cut i think it was sort of a waste of time in in a movie format but it does irk me because i liked this i liked seeing harry grow like that yeah. but they did show him grow in other ways they showed him start to come I, I think like when he said you know mm. it was it was one of those moments that showed how little Carrie, yeah, uh, Carrie, um, Harry cared about physical things like yeah, money. material, material, um, exactly. and also it, with Cedric's death on the mind and stuff, and then you know if there were there were if Dumbledore the scene where Dumbledore went up to his you know his his uh, his room the t- the four poster bed and stuff if he would have handed him winnings or money then that would have just <laughs> destroyed the whole mood everybody had over Cedric. You know, over Cedric, you know, Cedric's dead, and I just did a really sad speech about, the, you know, him, but here's a thousand galleons. You, you know, it's like, it's like money compensation for the death, and it would just not fit in the movie at all. Yeah, it would... I agree with what you're saying about it, just basically you know, destroying the mood. But Remember Cedric Diggory, Owen, here's your cash. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's, yeah. there's that's one beef that I've sort of had with the movies is that I understand you know it's Hollywood these things have to get cut, but like a lot of the subplots like I mentioned last episode yeah. that Hermione basically became like a mother figure for Harry just Harry I'm worried about you rather than Harry we have to do this we need to like guiding Harry more rather than what she is Harry I'm sorry you're gonna die I don't want you to you know I wish it was. More of you know like the whole Fred and George thing too. Fred and George being these real real jokesters. It's still in the movie to an extent, but I just like to see it more. You know them handing them passing out candies that are doing well, funny things to people. Well, that's book five. Yeah. I thought movie four still. had a, had a good deal of Fred and George as the pranksters, and as the you know they they took bets and stuff. And even though they didn't have the bet with Ludo Bagman, they had the bets during all the tasks and stuff. Um, as for Hermione, last week Ben, when you said that, I did agree with you, but I actually. Seeing the movie a third time, it didn't seem like she was that much of a worry. I don't know. It, it's good to see the movie more and more because you can reanalyze the characters. So if you go to see actually, it, yeah, if you go to see it again, look over Hermione again and look over Dumbledore. Too. Actually, <laughs> I bet plenty of people <laughs> are willing to look over Hermione yeah. again. Uh, well, um, actually, I, I, yeah. I, all you boys. Actually, um, I thought that that they brought Hermione closer to the real Hermione in this movie than in movie three. In movie three, she's this, she's this. Socially perfect superstar. She kicks Draco. She, she's she she's got she does, wonderful she, and hair and a pink top. She's no. everything, and yeah. it's it was it's not so real. Yep. She cuts class. She's the best at everything. Uh, this one, work. she's a little bit more bookish. She's work. a little bit more yeah. worrywart. <laughs> okay, which, guys. Well, it wasn't well, perfect. This I thought is our final better. voicemail. Roll the clip, Kevin. Hey, Mugglecast. This is Anna, and I absolutely love your show, especially Ben. I was wondering if you think that Matthew Lewis portrayed Neville good enough in the fourth film that he will be able to pull off the hospital scene in the fifth movie, if it's not cut, of course. I think he'll do fine, but I want to know your opinion. Thank you. Aw, I love you too, Anna. Uh, the, Eric? The answer is yes. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I love Neville in Goblet of Fire. Because he on. works there is no so hard at it. Yeah, he did an excellent job. That line, he reads, oh my god, I killed Harry Potter. Come on. Yeah. The dancing. The dancing. He was the only he, boy he, he got yep. up to dance. Mm. He was he's the, the, such brilliant characterization. Yeah, yes, but as and, an actor, he was excellent well, this movie. As an he, actor, he was excellent. And also, if you relating to the hospital scene, the Crucio curse in the in this in the classroom movie, he acted that pretty well. And him staring at the stained glass. I mean, that was good. So those were probably those were preludes to the the hospital scene. And I think if it does, that'll make it, make it in. The movie, He's spoken Mungo's about it before. It I, movie, I, yes, you guys have heard. We did a very long three week interview with Matt on Pottercast. Um, haha. And. Um, <laughs> I say that because Andrew <laughs> just laughed, and he's like, and he's like, today. well, no, I have to say it because if we're talking about Matt Lewis, it is an excellent place okay, to get some information about that, and with totally, <laughs> he, yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I he I, this kid works. Go back to so I mean, five. he works nice so hard on his role. He has read. You can you can't mention anything from the books without him knowing it. And the, you, I don't know that you can say that about any of the actors in the films. He really he takes it very close to heart. And immediately when you say to him that that's that that's cool that you do that because the fans that's appreciate true. it, he goes, "Well, I appreciate the fans, and I know they want me." to be Neville and I don't want to disappoint them because I'm a fan as well he just takes it so seriously and he's just I'm really impressed yeah he he really just doesn't take it for granted he's and he's very humble too I, I don't know I, I, 
I don't know who takes it for granted, but I think Matt Lewis is definitely a very good good man. Well, he also um was said he was thinking about book 5 in book 4, which is one of the things that I think that all the actors should should stop and do and think about their characters as a whole in in yes. with all the information they have throughout the books for every scene they film in these books. I mean, Neville we have we have su- whatever x amount of information about Neville. He used everything he could to inform what was going on in book 4 and that's and movie 4 and that's why he shown so much. And if everybody and did that that's above and beyond the Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, what I what I was actually pulling the third time watching this movie, um, I, I pulled it from the, the where Harry's name is in the goblet and they're all in the uh, they're all in the great hall. I the very la- the very end of that scene where McGonagall and Snape and Dumbledore are looking at Harry before the trophy scene and before we go to Moody, you get this kind of look that they're all together and, and you know if you if you think I when Moody entered. And it shows Professor McGonagall, shows Maggie Smith looking at him. I realized that the last time she's seen him was probably when he was in the Order last. Last time she's seen him as a character. You know, so the whole ferret scene and stuff, she's kind of reevaluating him. But the last time she saw him was when he was in the Order. So it's kind of like trying to pull things out. But that stuff should already be embedded. And I think they should have that kind of familiarity with themselves. And really think about, well, gee, what did these characters do last? Right. And Matt, and Matt said that he re- he reread Order of the Phoenix before he started filming the movie. So yeah. I know, and that's that's brilliant. It's brilliant. And he also has said that David Yates has, they've had conversations about about Neville, and David Yates wants to wants to really play up Neville's family, in book five. I think it's important. Um, because as we all know now, post book five, Neville's, Neville's he is, could have been the other. He's the other Harry, yeah, he boy who might have been king, as Joe says. Which is why it's also so funny about his line, "I killed Harry Potter." But yeah, <laughs> it's really a great line. <laughs> it <laughs> is. The chosen I one. Killed I killed the chosen one. Yeah. He doesn't know how close he came to being the chosen yeah. one. Oh my god, I killed the. Harry but he Potter. sort of yeah. drops out in movie six. In book six. He, in book six, he does, but I think book five, if they do enough with Dumbledore's army mm. and Neville, I think it'll be strong. I think we're waiting for yeah. a big Neville moment in book seven. Oh yeah, because th- there's still so much to tie up because he, he got his own wand now, and mm. he he could be a stronger wizard. He's going places. I don't know. Something's going on with that kid. He we'll the, happens. the very first time I ever cried while I was reading Harry Potter was when I was reading book book three. And um, Neville strides forward to finish the Boggart in the scene with Snape. I don't know why, but Neville, the first time he sort of asserts that he's a good wizard and he can be, um, and he can do it, just, it, it rips me apart. So in book five, when he really starts to come into it, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see Matthew do that. It's like, it's, he's like the little engine that could. Kept on chugging hey, ha- it. Ha- how, about, how about Matt and Bonnie, huh? Yeah. You all see Matt and Bonnie. That was, that was cute. Mm-hmm. And then... That was just cute, the whole dancing thing. And I love how the actors mentioned him, too. In the study hall with Snape, they are all talking about Neville. And, you know, now I'm really depressed that Neville has a date and stuff. But you really see he's not this pathetic thing that, you know, he's really a lovable character. I'm, I'm done. Well, I think that's pretty much it for Potter Cat. Uh, no, what am I saying? <laughs> oh, Benjamin! Excuse me. I pretty much... Benjamin! I think that's pretty much it. For MuggleCast episode you number... Melissa. Is this 17? Yeah, we're up to 17. <laughs> we're getting this old. This is 17. Well, this is number 17. Seriously. Why is 17 lucky? How many... How, how were we able to 17. pull up 17 shows? I, I don't know. It's pretty <laughs> remarkable. 
Seventeen so shows and saying, specials and extras and leaky mugs. No, 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 no. no. That doesn't. Seventeen is my. We've done twenty-three total with the extras and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. 17 is my lucky number, Ben, so you have to keep in that part about Barty Crouch Jr. being a great guy. Okay, yeah. let's okay 20, shut up. 23 is my birthday. Okay. 23 is my so birthday, Black so that's two reasons. Um, <laughs> so, well, I think that I think that completes a Muggle... <laughs> that completes MuggleCast episode uh, wait, 17. No, no MuggleCast uh, is com- or not. complete without uh, Spy on Sports and or Andrew's Spy Listener Challenge. And Andrew's Listener Challenge. <laughs> Okay, I'll do Spy on Sparks this How week. Emerson is at home for Thanksgiving break. Yay! We check his away message. He is out. Ooh, where is Emerson? <laughs> Tune in no next one, week. No one knows. We can't... <laughs> we, we <laughs> sort of the point. Okay, okay. Andrew. It's another not-so-exciting edition of... Spy on Sparks. Andrew, what's your listener challenge uh, My listener challenge to all my listeners is... Uh, <laughs> to all my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> to all my listeners. <laughs> is... A little yeah, redundant there. Is, um, start sending us end of show comments. We don't get enough of them, despite the fact that we ask for them yeah. at the end of every week. We want your. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What? Ooh, can I, can I give an Andrew's listener challenge? I. <laughs> Send voicemails doing Andrew's yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, and a final, yeah. and a final amendment to Andrew, Andrew's listener challenge. Please do the pod track survey. Yeah. We want to know who's listening to us. Well, let's just and remind everyone again that foot- otherwise we we need a, a solid advertiser um, so that we can afford yeah, we this. We guys need lots of money. Because as we grow, <laughs> our money needs to grow. <laughs> Originally, when we yeah. had five five <laughs> listeners, we were able to um, afford this. But <laughs> five it. listeners but now, for negative two yeah. seconds. Which was us. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I now I think that wraps up MuggleCast episode. 17. Next week's character 17. discussion for will be Eric Skull. Everything you want to know about yeah, Eric just Skull. Just kidding. Hey, what a character! <laughs> just kidding. Well, if for any questions, suggestions, <laughs> comments, anything of that sort, visit MuggleNet.com/MuggleCast or MuggleCast.com or MuggleCast.net, where you can view tons of information about the show, view our show notes, direct download each Who episode. And also, please go ahead and subscribe to us through iTunes and cancel the subscription to the podcast. <laughs> and don't forget to so also <laughs> vote for us on podcastalley.com. We're number one there. Thanks to everyone who's uh, uh, voted. Uh, but we're not number one on Yahoo Podcasts under highly rated. And I want to oh be number God, one there. Oh, my God, the horror. Horror, so, yeah. shock, so, and horror. On, on, on Andrew's Yahoo gonna Podcasts, text. make sure you go to Pottercast and rate them one star. Yeah. Oh, the, no, no, that's really mean. <laughs> That's really what did I do to you guys? <laughs> no, don't say that. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to go take back my rating. going to rate you all in one In the star. ratings. In the ratings. In the ra- Next week, our character discussion is going to be centered around Molly Weasley. Molly? So Molly Weasley? Quest- yes. Molly yep. Wobbles. Molly Weasley. Send in, your, send in your emails, questions, voicemails about Molly Weasley. And with that, I'm Ben Shane. I'm Sims Andrew. I'm Kevin Stack. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Melissa Anelli. So, everybody, good night. Visit (laughs) Benjamin.com. Good night, everybody.